Hey friends, so sorry for the mic quality right now. I haven't had the time to set up my mic or my streaming setup at all in my dorm quite yet. But right now I am talking to apologize about how late this episode is. This episode was recorded early August and right now it is late September. Soon we will be back to a schedule, but I am currently in my first semester of my freshman year of college, so I am very busy. But do not worry, me and Allie are working together to figure out times to record and to post. That's enough talking for me. I hope you enjoy our episode on the Axeman of New Orleans. One. Hello. Welcome back to To the Grave. Oh, I need to switch my screen. Screen My mic was nowhere near my face, but that's okay. (laughs) You can probably hear me anyways. Yep, we can hear you loud and clear. There we go. Okay, well, let's... Hello, everybody. Hello, people in chat. Hi, hello, hello. Hi. Uh, today we're covering the Axeman of New Orleans. I do want to talk a little bit first because I love talking about random things before it starts. Oh, same. Just because I want to talk about the fact that I started playing Pokemon Go again today. Oh! Because my sister, we were out to lunch and one of my sister's... I was like, why are you on your phone, Annie? And she's like, I'm playing Pokemon Go. And me and my sister Maddie were like, okay, <laughs> let's get Pokemon Go. So now um, we all play Pokemon Go together. And we were at the restaurant and we had a ride home, but we opted to walk the long way home just so that oh we could God. play for Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh, I think we have some new people in my chat. So basically an introduction for those that are new uh, on podcast apps, YouTube, here, if this is your first time watching it, hi, I'm Lilac, and then this is I'm Jenny. Graves, <laughs> and this is our little true crime podcast um, that we do. Um, so yeah, I update on my life. I start school in three days, and I am not excited. I um, moved to college in what day is it? My move-in day is in ten days. Oh, wow. Oh, that's going to be insane. Yeah, I'm moving um, to a whole other state. So oh, that's, that's fun. Gonna be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm quite excited. It's just like getting real. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a little scared. But also, yeah. because of it all, we're going to have to like stop doing the podcast for a bit. Which is really oh, yeah, upsetting. It's a stream. Yeah, I've got to, like, get to know people. Like, I already know my roommate. I have a couple of friends. I told Lilac about this, but I would love to tell you guys. So I met a friend who's going to the same college as me. And and we were talking about how she likes Twitch streamers. And she, and yeah. I was like, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I'm also a Twitch streamer, but I just stream a podcast. And she was like, okay, I'll check it out. And she was like, I was checking out your podcast. And I was like, your co-host looks really familiar. So I looked them up on TikTok and saw that I've been following them since before they started streaming. Oh my God. So like, shout out. And Your this is, is like Hannah, right? Hannah, yes. I was like, shout out to Hannah. Yes. But I was like, what? Like, I'm going to a college where I've literally never met anybody before, besides yeah. like when I went there. And like, I happened to just meet somebody that like knows of Lilac. Like, that's fucking crazy. That's so <laughs> insane. All right. I think okay. we should jump straight into yes. it. Okay. So. This is your case. Of New Orleans. Yes. Yes. This, this is, is my Lilac's case. case today. I will say. I wanted the Black Dahlia to win. I told It'll my win mods. one day. I told 
Well, I told everybody, vote for the Black Dahlia, and nope. I literally went on all of my Twitter accounts and voted for the Black Dahlia on every single one, and it still didn't win. <laughs> but it's fine, because this case is still really interesting. Yes. I really enjoyed researching it. So, the Axeman of New Orleans. Um, it, this happened around 1918, which little prefaces on a 1918 that I got from Morbid. Thank you, Morbid. We love Morbid. Um... This was during the Spanish influenza moment, so there was like a lot of like chaos. And but wait, fear the influenza moment. I just realized that you influenza said that moment. <laughs> yeah, oops, my bad. Yeah, the Spanish it influenza. It was really a moment. Flu. Like, but yeah, the Spanish flu was going on around the 1980s. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that caused like a lot of fear, panic. Um, they you mean, did you say infection. 1980s? 1918 damn it oh. maybe you said 1918, 1918. Yeah. i'm i'm having i'm having a I day I said and i just realized I, I, there I said is you are like really low on my computer so i just cannot hear what you're saying okay continue yeah i think i said 1980s my bad okay. 1918 so the 1910s was when the spanish influenza was going around um so that caused obviously a lot of fear and panic and in new orleans it was like the epicenter which was like where it was mostly going on the strongest so more panic and what is another way to add more panic? Having a serial killer walking around. So yeah. the Axeman of New Orleans um, started on May of 1918 and would kill for around 18 months, was responsible for 12 attacks and 6 killings. Here's the funny thing about the Axeman of New Orleans. Never used his own tools. He <laughs> would steal the tools from the victims' houses, and then use them to kill them. And it was usually an axe. Everybody's and got an axe. Leave. So, everybody's got an axe at these times. It's like when woodwork is really yeah. big. You can um, get it at most- Of course, yeah, it makes sense you can get it off Amazon. You can also buy axe yeah. deodorant, which makes sense, but <laughs> that's not what I was asking for Amazon. Yeah. So, he would use an axe that belonged to the victims, Use them to kill them and then leave them at the crime scene. And it's infuriating um, that um, they like fingerprinting wasn't a big thing at the time. I don't think it was so, a thing at all. It was 1918. It was, a thing, it was a thing actually, but it wasn't predominantly used in cases. I'm... It was like really rare. Okay, now I want to see when fing when did finger <laughs> hello finger printing. <laughs> Started. Eighteen ninety two. Damn. They had that's more that's more that's, than I thought. That's the idea of fingerprint okay. Yeah, that the idea of fingerprints did start in the fourteenth century, which makes sense. Mm hmm Makes sense, makes sense. Continue. But it okay. So let's start with the first attack. May 23rd, 1918, and I have the direct address. You can literally go to this house. I um, When I went to New Orleans with my family, I was like, guys, can I go to the houses? And they were like, no, you're insane. So we didn't go. <laughs> so it was at 4901 Magnolia Street. That's the first suspected attack. Uh, the victims, I'm, I'm just going to let me open it. Also tab so I can read more of it. I got so many details. So, oh, let's start this off by saying, um, we don't know who the Axeman is, obviously, who was never caught, it's an unsolved case, but we do know that he was a fucking racist. 
And we say this because most of his victims were Italian-American grocers. Which I have to say, like, asshole, but very specific. Like, very not just Italian, specific. not just grocers, Italian-American Italian grocers. grocers. Like, that is a, like, like, it really sucks that he did that, yeah. of course, but, like, what a specific victim profile. And keep that in mind, actually, the Italian-American grocers, because that's going to come in handy for this, one of the suspects. Mm -hmm. I think there's, like, only one main suspect. Mm -hmm. But the first victims were Catherine and Joseph Maggio. I think it's Maggio. They, um, they were struck with an axe on the head, and, they, and a straight razor was used to slice their throats. Their throats were sliced first, and then they were struck in the head. Um, it oh, was damn. so bad that Catherine had almost been entirely decapitated when she was found. Yeah. That, I think it's Maggi Maggio. Maggio. Maggio, I think. Yeah, 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 Maggio. I decided but to yeah. actually open your notes this time instead of just, like, <laughs> trusting what you're saying. <laughs> Not yeah, that I don't Catherine... trust you. It's just helpful to also <laughs> have the notes open for Yeah. Me. So Catherine had almost been entirely decapitated, and Joseph suffered many, many injuries. Uh, the bodies were found by Joseph's brothers, Jake and Andrew, who lived in the same house, just, like, in a different area. Uh, nothing we're... was heard or seen. Yeah. So, like, it, it was, like, a house that had, like, different, like, a Was it, like, with, a like, duplex? In it. I think so. That, was I right stayed in a duplex when I was in New Orleans. So, like... It was it was on top of the grocery store that they owned. So, it was, like, the grocery store they owned, and then the building was on top. And it had, like, two living areas mm -hmm. within it. Yeah. So, I think nothing that's was heard or seen. Yeah, I think so. Nothing was heard or seen. No valuables were taken. The bottom panel of the kitchen door was knocked out using a chisel. And all that they found at the crime scene was the axe. And that was it. So he and took yes, the razor. Uh, uh, they didn't find it, so maybe mm -hmm. he did. Um, Italian-Americans, they were Italian-Americans, and they lived on an apartment on top of the grocery store that they owned. There were jewels and money in place sight, but they were not touched, so it wasn't a robbery-motivated murder. No? Mm -hmm. uh, they found bloody clothes from the murder, so literally this guy had a whole change of clothes. I wonder if he stole their clothes. Maybe. Most likely. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, they did find the straight razor, actually. Okay. So the straight razor that they used belonged to Andrew Maggio, and Andrew had a barber shop, and the employee told the police that Andrew had removed the razor from his shop two days prior to the murder and said that he wanted to get it fixed. Mm. So, a little suspicious on his end, but they didn't have anything to, like, believe that it was him. Yeah. They were found two hours after the attack, which is terrifying. And Andrew became, once again, the prime suspect, but he was released because they couldn't find anything mm -hmm. against them. Uh, fingerprinting did exist, but it wasn't a standard procedure, which fucking sucks. Because we, we could have found this man. Could have found that man. But they mm -hmm. didn't. And yeah, but they didn't have, like, it probably existed, but it probably didn't work as well as it does now. Because it's not like there's a database where you get, like, yeah, fingerprinted. Yeah, I was thinking whatever, no databases. Like, and there's the only time that you would be able to, like... I, I would think that, like, 
in this specific police department, if they had gotten those fingerprints, the only time they could match them is if they manually went through all the fingerprints that they found. Yeah, exactly. And that, that would take the, forever. the person would have had to probably have been arrested once before, mm -hmm. so that they would have their fingerprints on file. So it just, exactly. as much as it, like, sucks it wasn't standard procedure, there was probably reasoning for that. Because yeah, it just wasn't as no easy databases. as it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't okay. easy, it wasn't as useful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, June 28th, 1918, and this is the second attack, on near corner of, Jesus, how the, how the hell do you say this name? Dorjanoi? Dorjanoi? I'm gonna look it up. Dor... I'm just gonna say Dorjanoi. I think that's how it was said. Wait, I'm gonna look, I'm looking it up. Let's go, let's Ooh. go. Jordan, I don't think you're very correct. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> Play. Uh, I don't see. Play. Play. Searching live. That what? also doesn't sound right. That this just sounds like a very American man, like yeah. half attempting to do like a French accent. Searching live. I don't think you're right. Searching live. Searching live. Searching live. Yeah, that okay. sounds better. Searching and La Harp Streets. The victims were Louise Bessemer and Anna Lowe, and they were discovered by a baker by the name of John Zanaka while he was making morning deliveries. Um, once again, they were Italian-Americans, and they lived behind their grocery store. So John would find a panel of the door. Um, like, they would find a chisel in the back stairs and up the action in the bathroom so basically what the murderer was doing was using a chisel to like chisel open like a small little panel of the door and like crawl his way through it mm. which makes you think that he's a pretty skinny man because it was like a how they said the dimensions it was like a five by eight i think you call also could have used it to reach his arm up he could yeah, be like a tall say. like a reach their his arm up and like unlock the door unlock the door but the thing is that one of the crime scenes i don't remember which one but the door was locked you could when you leave you can reach your hand up and relock it oh that is true i didn't think of that but yes um so they would find a chisel in the back stairs and the bloody axe in the bathroom. They lived, once again, behind their grocery store, and once again, they were Italian-American. Uh, Louise would survive, but Anna would only survive seven weeks before passing away. Oh. That's sad. Um, Anna supposedly recounted to the police that a large white man with a hatchet attacked them. The bottom panel of the bedroom was, door was broken, and another axe was found at the scene. So an axe and a chisel is what they found. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I wrote that down twice. Never mind. Uh, August 5th, 1918. The location for this one isn't known. There isn't much on this victim. They called her Mrs. Ed Schneider, like after her husband. They mm -hmm. didn't give her her own name. So um, she woke up to a figure looming over her. She screamed right as the axe came down on her noggin. Noggin so, is such a fun word. Sorry. I like is. shouldn't be laughing after you talk about somebody screaming with the axe hitting them, but noggin just like it's it's a very, I feel like it's a very southern way of saying it and like we're both yeah. southern so it makes sense but like yeah, it's it so sense. funny. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. continue. I shouldn't have laughed at that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the scream woke their neighbors and I 
one of the sources said that her neighbors found them, and the other one said it was her husband. I, w I watched BuzzFeed Unsolved and Morbid. Morbid said neighbors, BuzzFeed said husband. So okay. it's one or the other. The scream woke up the neighbors, and she was found with her head bashed in and missing many teeth. Um, they were found. She was found in the afternoon at her home, and she was still alive and was rushed to the charity hospital, and she reportedly survived the attack. Now, here's the fun fact. She was fucking pregnant. But she survived, and a week after the attack, she successfully gave birth. What a bomb! What a like badass woman. Good for her. Good for her. So happy for her. Like props. That's amazing. Imagine being able to survive an axe attack and then just like like a badass woman give birth like a week later. Yeah. Goddamn. Goddamn. The the stealth. Stealth. It's been a while since I've seen the BuzzFeed Unsolved video, but didn't they say that it was like they called the baby like Axe Baby or something like baby. that? Yeah, Axe Baby. Yeah. I was laughing at that. I was like, you did not. <laughs> you did not. The so their axe was missing from their shed. So once again, he used the victim's weapon to mm -hmm. kill them and then left them at the crime scene. August tenth, nineteen eighteen, near what is it with these street names? Tonti, I think it's Tonti, and Gravier Street. The victim was an 80-year-old Joseph Romano. Obviously, by what the is last it? name Why? Romano. Italian. Why so many old people? Like, yeah, they've know. lived a full life, but they've lived a full life and this is how they go? Yeah, like, imagine me. Like, I wouldn't want to be able to, like, I want to be, like, in, con I've, I've talked about this with my friend Hattie, like, we want to be, like, in control and, like, know, like, when our time is up, not be attacked while you were able to serve. Like, imagine being able to survive 80 years and not even just, like, unexpectedly getting attacked. Yeah. That, that, that would piss spirit me off. Yeah, that would piss me off as well. I would I will haunt that man. <laughs> I will haunt his ass. Be like, you took my life. I might have been 80, but I wanted to be a control motherfucker, not you. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I would have haunted his ass. For sure. So, uh, he was Italian as well, obviously by the last name Romano. Um, found by his nieces Pauline and Mary after they heard him struggling. I love the name is Pauline. Pauline is a pretty name, right? Mm -hmm. So they heard him struggling in his room, and they went in and his head was bashed in. And the girls allegedly saw the attacker, and they described him as, this is very weird, dark, tall, Heavy set, wearing a dark suit and a black slouch hat. Like, imagine committing your attacks wearing a suit and a hat. I mean, you gotta look spiffy. It's the night. It's the roaring twenties. It's almost it's the, the roaring twenties. Twenties. Like, yeah. You gotta but look like, spiffy. Like, I'm gonna be a spiffy ass murderer. Spiffy. Spiffy. I'm gonna wear a suit. Gonna wear a hat. What is a slouch hat? I don't. The both sources that I heard, they were all confused on what a slouch hat was. They were all like, oh, what it... is that? What is it? It's like, it's like a half, a half cowboy hat. No. Like, it's like, it looks like a cowboy hat, but only half of it is folded up. Oh, that's weird. If you're gonna like, there's also this. Which, who in the hell could ever wear oh, that? No. Absolutely not. I don't- I don't think that's what- 
good old Axeman decided to wear. Why would you wear a three D printed hat? Sorry, really? I keep getting really distracted. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so yeah, he was a spiky murderer. Decided to wear a suit and a and a hat. Um, Joseph would unfortunately die two days later. Um, so around this time, which is August nineteen eighteen, the New Orleans State question mark because I heard state on morbid and I couldn't hear what he said on the other one. So I think it's state. The New Orleans State newspaper newspaper. Dang it, I can't speak today. It's Allegedly right. recounted, armed men are keeping watch over their sleeping families while the police are seen to solve the mysteries of the axe attacks. Extra police are being put to work daily. Seemed to work for around seven months because there weren't attacks for seven months, but there were many appearances. So let's start with those. Okay. August 11th, 1918. Uh, the killer was apparently seen masquerading as a woman. Um, a man discovered an axe and a chisel outside of his back door, meant, meaning that the door was, like, too thick for the killer to cut the hole through it. So, a manhunt was organized after this, but it was unsuccessful. Ten days later, on the 21st of August, 1918, a man was see seen leaping the back fence into a property. Uh, once again, a search party was organized, but the man was not found. Um, and then late August, the rear door of Paulo Bello's home was chiseled through, but nobody was home. Mm -hmm. And then that same day, Joseph, Le Joseph LeBouf reported that there was an attempt of someone chiseling his back door, but, it, but he was able to scare the intruder away after he was woken up by the sound, and an axe was dropped on the steps. And then following the, the following day... Another axe was found in the yard of another grocer, and chisel marks were also found on his door. So it was like a very common attack method. Wouldn't you call it like MO or something? I think? MO, yeah. It yeah, was his MO. MO to like do to like chisel doors, mm -hmm. and that's an interesting MO, but like, I yeah, guess it worked at some points. Mm hmm. Like at this point, you only have like a 50% accuracy of actually getting people i like, feel like he probably has less at this point like yeah like like a good 25 percent. yeah he's trying i he's think he trying. should stop trying he should stop trying he didn't um september 15th 1918 um italian grocer once again italian named paul durell found that someone also attempted to come through his rear door but here's the thing that that made me laugh um, a case of tomatoes was resting against the panel that was being cut and stopped the chisel. Tomatoes? This man. Tomatoes have been my favorite food my entire life, and I knew it was for a good fucking reason. Like, goddamn. This man saved by a case of tomatoes. I want a case of tomatoes just because I like tomatoes. Tomatoes really? are so good. Like, I'll I eat, like, like, tomatoes by themselves. Really? I'll eat, like, grape tomatoes, oh. like, candy, and sometimes I'll get a big tomato and slice it up and put some salt on it and just, like, eat it. Ooh. I love Wait. tomatoes. Yeah. This man really got saved by a case of tomatoes. I mean, like, props to him. Props to him. Like, at this point, everybody should have a case of tomatoes at their back door. Yeah. Or at any door. Just, I just want a case of tomatoes. Just, like, if somebody's attacking you... And they get blocked by a case of tomatoes, and they like start walking away, open the door, and start pelting the tomatoes at them, like fucking, like that theater shit. Yeah, you look so confused. 
I, I don't know. My brain just blanked out for some reason. I was like, I was like, is pelting tomatoes not something that you are aware is possible? Because like, you can throw tomatoes. No, I, I think, I think, I think this person in my chat got confused because they think that they opened the door with the case of tomatoes. No, the case oh. of tomatoes blocked him. Yeah, from he, opening the he door. was trying to chisel the door, but when he got through the door, there was a case of tomatoes in his way. So he couldn't get through and kill the person. That's why I was confused, because I was thinking, I'm like, did we say something wrong? I was, and I was thinking, I was like, <laughs> I was like, do you not understand that, like, throwing tomatoes at people is something that you can I, do? I, I, like, tomatoes at people. I, 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 yeah. I was like, <laughs> I feel like that was pretty self-explanatory. Or I was sitting there, I was like, was my joke just, like, not funny? Because you, like, look really confused. I was like, I was like, I know I'm not really that funny, but I'm kind of offended by your reaction to my joke. You just, like... I just sat there blankly. I was like, I really, I mean, like, I could have tried harder to make that funny, but like. <laughs> no, my brain just short circuited after I read that. Okay. Tactical tomatoes. Anyways, back to the murder. Anyways. Um... So, last hearing we heard of is September 15th. I need to, like, calm down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need a minute. I need a minute. Okay. March 10th, 1919, at Gretna, Louisiana, which is across the river from New Orleans. Ooh, this is a sad one. Uh, trigger warning. Stuff happened to children. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, Rose and Charles Cortamiglia and her two-year-old daughter Mary were the victims, or attacked in this case. Once again, they were Italian grocer. Uh, Rose woke up to Charles fighting the axe man. He lost the fight, unfortunately. Rose and Mary would then be attacked. Rose and Charles survived, but their two-year-old daughter Mary didn't. That's really sad. Which is really sad. I, I would have been really sad at that point. Um, the axe used belonged to the Cordomiglias as well. It crushed Rose's skull. And I wrote neighbors suspected the neighbors. No, the Cordomiglias <laughs> suspected their neighbors. Rose said that it was them, and they were allegedly sentenced to hang because of this. It was an 18-year-old and a 69-year-old who were the neighbors that, they, that Rose blamed. Uh, Charles denied it and then later divorced, divorced Rose because of this lie. And Rose admitted that she, it was a lie, and the neighbors were not hanged. The interesting thing about that is, like, do you just, like, I have nobody in my life that I would just be, like, if I got, if somebody attempted to murder me, I'd be like, it's them. Like, mm -hmm. I have no, like, why? Why would you do that? Also, like, like, even if it wasn't a lie and she, like, was convinced that it was true, I don't... Or, like, she wasn't sure, but she was, like, pretty sure that they would do something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have anybody that would be like, yeah, they're probably, like, gonna kill people. Yeah, and then um, Charles was fighting one person, not two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and also... I don't it's know. Just, it's just confusing. <laughs> yeah. And it then, ooh, ooh, this is my favorite part. I get to read a letter. I get to read a letter. Oh, yes. His letters, he kind of reminds me of the Zodiac Killer, but... Same. But, like, it, earlier and with an axe. Mm -hmm. 
So five days later, the New Orleans paper called the Times-Picayune received a letter from the supposed axeman. Now, I have quotes um, explaining and, like, annotating, but I just want to read this full thing, because holy crap, the ego this guy has. Is there only one letter, or? One letter, yes. Okay. Okay, it says, I need to, I, I need to, like, read this in, like, my most sinister voice possible okay, to, like, ready. give it its effect. I'm ready. Hell, March 13th, 1990. Esteemed mortal... They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the axemen. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe. This be smeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph, etc. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the axeman. I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, your lenience think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15 earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared, and whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz in that, that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, and it is about time I leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou will publish it, that it may go with, well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fantasy. The Axeman. I mean, yeah. I mean, I personally am a fan of jazz. So, like, Same. I appreciate that. Like, I I get him wanting everybody to jazz it. Because, like, I want to jazz it. But, yeah. like, that's not like that. Like this. I, I want to jazz it. I want to jazz like it this. with my own control. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be forced into jazzing it. I don't want to be told at this time on this day, you gotta jazz it. Like, I want to jazz it when I want to jazz it. You can exactly. fuck off. But if he, if the Axeman of New Orleans uh, came out of wherever he lived, he claims to live in hell. If he came out of this of hell and was like, hey, Atlanteans, what do we... 
I just realized I don't know what I think that's right. Atlanteans, people who live in Atlanta. Hey, Atlanteans, jazz it, or I'm gonna axe you. I'd jazz it. Yeah. I don't live in Atlanta. It's close enough. But I close like enough. I just I feel like jazzing it anyways. I don't know. Yeah. I, that was such a weird tangent that I forgot what the point of what I was saying was, so I just like continued <laughs> to talk. I'm like <laughs> so brain dead right now, but like that letter made it so much worse. It it, I, yeah, I was getting brain dead while reading it. I was like, what is this man on about? He's, like, if he wasn't a horrible murderer, and he wasn't so, like, threatening and, and like, a little bit scary in that letter, that letter's, like, fucking hilarious. It is. Like, if you, like, if it weren't if it wasn't, people. If it wasn't real, I'd be like, I'd be like, wow, that's good comedy right there, sir. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's real. Yeah. But, continue. Sorry, I was just Terrifying. a little baffled. Yeah. Uh, So this letter would spark the creation of a song called Don't Scare Me, Papa, which would then become known as the Mysterious Axeman's Jazz. I think I've listened to that song before. I I have good. I want to. I think I made my parents play it one time and they were like, this is spooky as fuck. And I was like, yeah, but it's still jazzy. So that Tuesday, which was March 19th. It was said that it was where the city was truly alive, with jazz music being blasted in people's homes. And those who didn't have a record player would go to jazz clubs to be safe from the Axeman's wrath. And nobody was killed that day. He was probably just, like, out of town. Isn't that what, like, the BuzzFeed Unsolved people said? He was just, just, like, fucking out of town. He was just like, I'm gonna pick this day, get the fuck out of town, just cause some havoc, cause some scare. Yeah. Like, scare the hell out of people. Yeah. What a dick. Okay. August 10th, 1919. So almost like a whole year later. After March was the last attack. And then we go August. The victim was Steve Boca. Um, Boca was badly injured in his home after he woke up to a man with an axe standing near his bed. Um, he managed to survive the attack. And he staggered to a friend's home and called the police. Um, Boca did not regain this memory after the after of the attack after that um the police once again found a chiseled back door and a bloody axe mm-hmm. dang it's calling just, card yeah I, ooh, that's just gonna give me paranoia of like waking up and seeing somebody standing over my bed absolutely the hell not yeah i hate that that's like my worst fear there i ha- uh my friend sawyer um <laughs> she came over and she joked what if in the middle of the night, I woke you up and just stood in front of your door doing a T-pose? And I'm like, I would scream and call the police. Just, your friend is your sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> uh, okay, so on September 2nd, 1919, local pharmacist William Carson filed several shots and an intruder that broke into his home. The intruder left the broken door and axe behind, but wasn't able to get shot, and he escaped. Like, that's some terrible uh-huh. aim. Yeah. If you fired several shots and missed every single one. Dang, that's worse than my Valorant aim. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, I'm really bad at Valorant, so, like, I relate <laughs> to that. Yeah. Okay, and then the day after that, September 3rd, at 2128 2nd Street, uh, Sarah Lohman was attacked by someone that entered through an open window. So not a door this time. All her doors were locked. But this motherfucker came in through the window this 
this time. This uh, lock your windows. Lock your fucking windows. Lock your fucking windows. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Just lock them. My There's window no is like broken. Oh. Like whatever. Oh no. It's on oh. the second floor. There's no way anybody could get to oh. my window. Oh. So like I'm chilling. You're fine. I don't. Okay. My cat once fell out of my window. Oh. <laughs> okay. I really need to stop interrupting you. I just keep thinking of random things <laughs> to say. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So Sarah was attacked by someone that once again entered the open window. Lock your windows, please. Uh, when she regained conscious, she couldn't recall anything about the attack. But she was missing many teeth, and she was attacked with a blunt object and then an axe. And once It again, could have been the other it. side of the axe. That's true, yeah, I heard about that too. Uh, the bloody axe was discovered at the front lot of the building. Um, and then the last attack, which was October 27th, 1919, at the corner of South Scott and Uloa Street. I think it's Uloa. That sounds right. Um, so the attack people attacked were Esther and Mike Pepitone. Oh, wait, actually, just Mike Pepitone. That's why I highlighted it. So Esther and their six children were asleep in a different room and were not touched at all. But Esther woke up at 1 a.m. to her husband screaming and ran into and running into the bedroom. His head had been struck 18 times and he died two hours later. Esther identified two figures in the room, but could not identify them as they fled the scene. So like she noticed them, but couldn't recall who they were. Um, a heavy nut, which was something to secure circus tents was a, one of the apparent weapons and the interesting fact is a circus going on two streets down hmm. so that was a little interesting um a hundred dollars were found in cash at the site of what happened but they were not touched so once again this murderer did not have any robbery motivation mm -hmm. he just wanted to kill um so that was the last attack and then here are the theories um first of all is the theory that not all of the killings were the work of the Axemen. Some believe that Pepitone's killing was a mafia killing because his father had killed a man in the past. That's kind and... of what I think because it's two men and it just seems different yeah, than the Axeman. Especially yeah. because like the Axeman was probably like huge fucking news at this point. These, like, mm -hmm. mafia people could have been like, well, I can easily get away with murder if I blame it on this other guy that everybody's paying attention to. Or just, like, yeah, anybody, exactly. even if it wasn't the mafia. Just, like, anybody who killed him or any of the other ones could be like, I could just use their MO. Because I'm sure it was 1918, 1919. They weren't, like, mm -hmm. purposefully keeping things out of the press like they do now. So. Yeah. And then some people scrutinized the attack of Bessemer and Lowe, which was the second? I can Um. Because Bessemer was charged with the murder of Lowe, of Anna Lowe, in a bizarre fashion. Um, police found that Bessemer wrote letters back and forth in Yiddish and Russian. And they concluded that he was a part of a German spy ring and that the attack had nothing to do with the Axemen. But how would he bash his own head? That's, that's the thing. Like, yeah. both People have done crazier things. Like, Diane yeah. Downs. I want to cover that. Well, I don't know if I want to cover that case at one point, because it fucking sucks. But, like, she... I'm just gonna say, like, she shot her own kids and then shot herself to say oh, that wow. she got shot. Like, people have done crazier things. Oh, wow. So, like... Yeah, so, 
some something are confused on that because of like the fact that his own head was bashed mm -hmm. as well. And before dying, Lowe allegedly blamed Bessemer, saying that he was a Nazi spy. Um, and there was theories that it was a dis domestic dispute where Louis would end up attacking Anna Lowe, and Bessemer was acquitted. But the suggestions that it was the Axeman is that it happened that night while they were sleeping, which is yeah. what he did at the previous I can attack. see that. And, like, of course, there is a chance that somebody would bash their own head in like he did, but, like... Yeah. I I don't think that that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, you never know, I think though. it was most likely the Axeman, yeah. Yeah. Um, second theory is that some of the killings were done by a copycat. And um, then the next one is the most bizarre one. They believe that the Axeman is a supernatural figure <laughs> that can sleep in through small areas and turn into a large figure that it's people would describe the killer to be. Ant-Man. Ant-Man and Axeman rhyme. Ant-Man and Axeman rhyme. It's they both have A's and man, so it's clearly just Ant-Man. It's fucking Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, Rudd is the Axe-Man. Holy shit! Did Holy we just solve shit. this? We just, we just solved the case. Paul Rudd is the Axe-Man of New Orleans. Paul Rudd is the Axe-Man. And holy fuck, we're joking, by the way. <laughs> we're done! We don't need to do this podcast anymore. Like, we, just, we just got a reward. God damn, we just solved the case. <laughs> wow, only our third episode and we already solved a de How long is a decade? Century is a century one hundred century, yeah. A, a centuries century. old case. Let's ignore that I didn't know that. <laughs> a centuries <laughs> old case on our third Holy episode. Crap. Oh my just god. Too good. We're just too good. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I, yeah, I I do kind of like the one about um it being a copycat i think that i do not believe that it was paul rudd though yeah no, no that's not a copy it's not paul because rudd. paul rudd would first of all have to be the ant-man in real life and would second of all be a time traveler yeah so i mean avengers endgame they did the they did do time travel i've never seen that you haven't seen the <laughs> endgame no remember me when you appeared on today's show chats <laughs> Okay, let's just go past the fact that I've never seen Endgame because, like, oh, no. I don't want to get bullied for that. Just continue with the theories. Okay. So the third and final theory, the most possible one, is that Joseph Mumphrey was the Axeman. Mm -hmm. So basically, the last victim's wife, Esther Pepitone, um, when her husband was murdered, she moved to Los Angeles and, mar and remarried. Two years, exactly two years after um, Pepitone's death, her current husband disappeared. And Suspicious. it said that before their marriage, Esther had ended business with a man that went by multiple names, one of them being Joseph Mumphrey. And on December 5th, 1921, Mumphrey had visited Esther at her home at 5554 East 36th Street in LA and demanded $500 in Esther's jewelry and threatened that if she didn't, he would kill her the same way he had killed her husband. Now, which husband is he talking about? We're not sure, but most likely the first one. However, Esther being the badass that she is, she killed Joseph by shooting him with a revolver. You could call her a badass, but you could also call that suspicious, because now we only have her it's account. True. Her account of saying kill her the same way he had killed her husband. But, like, her husband disappeared. Who's to say that she didn't cause the second husband to disappear? Yeah. 
I'm not saying she killed her first husband, but I just think that, like, we could, like, take that as, like, oh, it's Joseph Mumphrey, but we could also take it as, like, she it is the been. only account of this. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, who knows? So given the fact that Esther was present during the killing of her husband when she was arrested for the murder of Joseph, she said that Joseph Mumphrey was the axe man and had, and had seen him running from her room after her husband had been slain. And LAPD noted that there was evidence linking Mumphrey to the death of Meg Pepitone, and Esther was equated for Mumphrey's death. And then one thing that suggests that he might be the Axeman is Mumphrey led a blackmailing gang in New Orleans that targeted Italians. Also very specific. Very specific. A blackmailing gang that targeted Italians. And like we said, um, almost all of the Axeman victims were Italians. And Mumphrey was in and out of prison for the past 10 years of the killings. And his time out of prison coincided with the Axeman attack. That's interesting. That is interesting. Really interesting. Um, There wasn't enough evidence to link Mumphrey to the attacks. And then there's the fact that Esther claimed that there was two people in her room the night her first husband was killed. That is also suspicious. Esther's kind of suspicious. I don't think she, like, killed her husband. But, like, she's she's a little suspicious to me. Yeah. So, like, either she's lying or the Axeman is more than one person. And those are all the it's, it's It's Ant-Man and Wasp. Ant-Man and Wasp. It's Paul Rudd and whoever plays the Wasp. Wait, who plays the Wasp? <laughs> Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline is a pretty name. Okay. It is. We figure it out, chat. Oh, wait, no. It's not Evangeline. Wait. You liar. Wait, hold on. Hope? I thought Hope was the Wasp. No, it is Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, it is Evangeline. Please don't sue us. I'm about to go to college. Does it look like I have money if you're going to sue me? That was a fun episode. That's a fun case. That was a fun case. Like, kind of fun. I mean, like, it's murder. So, like, murder is not fun. fun, But, like, learning about it is... Murder is not fun. But learning about it is interesting. Okay. We should probably end the... And then your episodes are both solved. So then you should do the unsolved. My bonus episode is unsolved. Because Ooh. it was never taken as a case. It was always oh. taken as an accident. Ooh. And I don't think it was. <laughs> it was not an accident. <laughs> Avalanches, don't do that to you. Okay, that's my only... <laughs> that's my little uh, hint. Okay, well, that's the end of today's episode, Yes, everybody. that is. Chat, listeners, watchers... Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. I yeah. had a lot of fun researching it. I had a I lot of fun uh, listening to it and being yeah. funny and saying random things. But but yes, that episode was fun. As fun as it Those... can be as a true crime podcast. Yeah, <laughs> as fun as it can be when you're listening to true crime stuff yep. for, for a lot of time. So I just put it in the chat. But like always, our card with all of our socials, both private and shared, are at tothegravepod.card with two rs.co. So... So yeah, yeah, those are all of our socials. We hope you guys have a great day. Um, lesson learned: please lock your damn windows and um, don't let and put a case of tomatoes behind your door. Bye, Bye. everyone.